You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! There we go. Hi, AfterBuzzers. This is Sarah Stratton, and we are about to break down... Episode 2 of the final season of Boardwalk Empire, The Good Listener. So, who do I have across from me? Kevin Odegaro, and uh, it's just tough every week. I know. Knowing that we've you got so few You threw me into left. this seat, and I'm like so confused by this episode that I don't really know how we're going to make it through it. Also, just to shout it out, within the next couple of minutes, we've got a special guest coming on, John Ellison Conley. You guys are going to recognize him. He is playing the Commodore. 1890s Commodore. The 1890s Commodore. So he's going to be calling in in a few, and we're going to get some good questions, insight with him. And then, of course, we're going to do your normal breakdown of tonight's episode. Um, so before he gets online, maybe we should talk a little bit about 1890s flashback nucky time zone. Kevin, how are you feeling about this? I always get deeply depressed. Let me go back to the 1890s. Just because he has such a sad childhood? Yes. and um, But I compliment them on making the father multi-layered. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not this, you know, it would be easy to say Irish Catholic, abusive, alcoholic dad. No, mm-hmm. he's not that. He uh, He's troubled. Um Family troubles, you can t- tell the state of Atlantic City, and I can see the trajectory of that. As opposed to episode one, I thought episode one for the 1890s was very clear at why they were showing us because it really related to where Nucky has come, like how he's grown and right. how his childhood affected his business practice, how it affected him as a person. And to me, that really tied in last week. Like we'd go from 1890 scene to um a board meeting and you could see the direct correlation of that relationship affecting where he was now this week not seeing it as much this week i like the 1890s stuff i enjoy it i think that the storyline going on there is layered is interesting it's making me more curious about the commodore and about his dad rather than about nucky though what makes you curious i just because we're seeing like i used to totally dislike the commodore and when like they were saying oh hello hello mr john welcome to the show we were just talking about your storyline a little bit oh my goodness so this is sarah what you come up with well i was saying that i'm becoming very interested in the commodore because i was kind of of the similar feeling as nucky's dad where the original commodore that we were introduced to i thought was just a bad guy and mm-hmm. he's getting layers right now, and it's becoming very interesting. But I'm wondering how it's going to tie in more to this season. Well, I mean, I think uh, that's a good question. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you get to see the whole point, I think, of the flashbacks is you see the different influences on young Nucky. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm going to go south a little bit. 
I'm going to be less of a good guy as the season progresses, I think. Oh. Okay, I guess oh. this is uh, Kevin Undergar, and uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. I think the way you are, um, the way you're capturing a young Dabney Coleman's version of the Commodore is phenomenal. And I guess before we get too deep, I have to ask you, did you do a lot of studying of the past seasons to get the mannerisms down? Because you nailed it. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, I did. And talk about, like, the best job in the world, getting to watch Dabney Coleman right. and the show. Right. You know, I mean, because I, I, I was a huge Dabney Coleman fan as a kid. I mean, all those movies came out when I was a child, like Tootsie and Nine to Five and War Games and all those things that he was so fantastic in. And I had loved him on Boardwalk Empire, but I, I did go back and watch them the first two seasons again to prepare for this this one and you know i mean what a treat to get to do that even is you know that's that's a good job but you nailed but you nailed it in a way where i've seen flashbacks i've seen Mm -hmm. other actors play uh, older actors and sometimes seen it done well and um but but not like this what exactly did you study like what did you um, what really inspired you from his performance or from the character that we we got to know in seasons one and two? Uh, well, I mean, just being a fan of his from for all those years, I I mean, to be honest, before I I studied season one and two, when I I mean, I went into audition for a different character. Uh, and can you and tell Meredith us who? Tucker, excuse me. Can you tell us who? Uh, I went into audition for Pat Halligan, who's mm-hmm. the guy uh, that I hit up for money for Atlantic City in mm-hmm. season one. Okay. Uh, whose hat blows off, and he gives him the he gives him the little candy, and then they have that beautiful scene <laughs> where uh, Nolan, young Nucky, keeps one of the lemon yeah. candies and then gives it to his sister. Yeah, with the fifty dollar bill and That's everything. Beautiful scene. Uh, but I auditioned for that character initially. Actually, I didn't even get to audition. I went in to do that, and Meredith was like, you know what? I want you to come back tomorrow. And uh, I had a mustache, and she was like, I feel like you... I haven't thought this about you before, but I feel like you remind me a little bit of, like, a Dabney Coleman thing. Can you do that? And I was like, you kidding? I That guy's emblazoned in my memory forever because of all of these performances that I loved. And so I went home, and I'd watched Tootsie that night, <laughs> and uh, and then you know did a little bit of a Dabney Coleman thing the next day and and then just worked on the the part and the sounding like him and all of that was always just trying to sort of channel him. I didn't really study like specifically movements that he did mm-hmm. or anything, but I just have always enjoyed him so much that I feel like it kind of was in there. But John, was this back in season one? They asked you to do this. Or was no, this he's recently talking about the, no. the recent hat we had last episode, right. where he finds the fifty dollar bill. Wow, so he auditioned right. for that man. That's correct, right? Which I can see huh? you doing because yeah. I can mm-hmm. see the court. You know, the look is perfect. But oh, good! You know what? Good casting director. Like yeah. somebody had a good yeah. eye. You know, Meredith Tucker. I mean, that also how great is Nolan as young Nucky. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's all great. these characters, it's a really tricky thing. All these characters that have already been created. And Oaks, the kid who plays young Eli. Were you a fan and, of this show like we were from season one? Yes. 
Ah, yes, yeah, I, I, I really, the show that. is always, I mean, so beautiful and so beautifully told, and the actors are so great. Uh, it's a, it's a thrill to be a part of, of that team. We always um, talk about here. We're a big fan of the production design of all the effort they put yes. into, like the music, the song choices. How much of that is apparent when you're on set? Like, how much are they filling you in on kind of the historical references and all of the decoration and the music that they're putting into this as well well the music is harder to know about because you know they add that in mostly later and by the way uh the the really beautiful sort of haunting soundtrack mm-hmm. that's, that's not the songs but the the very that they're using in the flashback it's crazy that's david yazbeck okay wrote that who is I, i'm a huge fan of and have worked with and and think that guy is a genius so and and I think it really adds. But uh, their production design, I mean, when you watch that pilot episode and you know that all of that was shot in New York, it's kind of incredible. All the Havana stuff. Um, crazy. You know, and then, like, tonight's, uh, like, at Nucky's childhood home, all that stuff. It's incredible, the locations they find and the way that they make them look. The costumes, John Dunn. Emmy nominated again this year, and I mean they put so much into all of that, and that attention to detail. Everyone is aware of that on set because we're all wearing these extraordinary clothes and and in these locations. That I mean, it might not look great <laughs> off camera, but everything that is on camera looks extraordinary. Yeah, like we- that's a crazy thing. You're sitting in a room that's not made up and covered in a tarp and whatever, and then you walk around the corner with it's about to be filmed, and it looks like you're in, you know, 1884 or 1897 or 1931. So you're not working with CGI. I mean, uh, like an incredible amount of CGI. I mean, we have it on the show, but you're able to come onto a set that really paints that picture. Yeah. I mean, there there are things that you you know are going to be CGI'd in later, uh, but they do such a great job of creating the atmosphere uh, that that you don't have to do much of that. You know, there's like I had to pretend that there was ocean below me at one point when there was sand, but that's not a huge, you know, they've also already built in all of these incredible, I mean, the extras, there are hundreds of extras in some of these themes, and they're all just impeccably dressed, and it's really, their attention to detail is, is pretty incredible. So were you on the set, or were you at a practical location? Uh, well, I was never in the studio. Um, I was on all locations, but some of them, like the, the boardwalk location I'm, was where I did most of my stuff, But uh, which is on Rockaway Beach. Uh, but like tonight's stuff, the, the Nucky's childhood home was out on Staten Island, that was actually my first day on set. I shot episode two before episode one because of some weather issues and stuff like that. But uh, that scene out in the woods was just out in Staten Island. Amazing. I love that. That's such yeah. A... And you're talking about, um, I know from your background, you have been in the industry for so long. You've been in film, from TV, from theater. Um, I believe you mm-hmm. started in theater, correct? Oh, yeah. That's, that's still most of what I've done. Uh but, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to get a chance to do more different things. And it's really, 
And there are a bunch of theater people on this show, too. That's That's what I wanted to bring up, because I feel like most of the research I've done, when I do pull up the actors who come in and join this class, it's a lot of people with a classical theater background. And how Mm -hmm. how do you think that affects this show? Well, I think part of that is the New York thing. And I mm-hmm. think as more shows are being shot in New York, you're seeing more of that. Uh, but also because, and like Howard Corder, who's one of the main writers, is a theater, he has a you know, big theater, theater background. background. Mm-hmm. And these characters, although they're based, historically based, uh, they don't speak the way that we do in you know, our mm-hmm. contemporary lives. And uh, there is a kind of, of size that I think people want that, uh, that, and use of language that, that you certainly learn how to do in the theater the in a way background. that a person with a television or film background exclusively might not have had to, had to deal with, although certainly they a lot of people with only film and television backgrounds have dealt with that. But, but certainly if you've created a career in the theater, you probably have had to deal with the kind of language and, and sort of heightened circumstances that yeah i think that's actually that a very good point do. that's a very good point and especially because so a lot of theater does delve also into period pieces and so yeah. with the heightened language that's obviously included um going back into how are you doing any other theater productions right now i'm not i uh i my wife has just started a really cool new sarah rule play that's happening at, at lincoln center they're in rehearsals now but i'm i'm kind of taking a break from the theater and trying to do more film and television stuff. Why did you decide to do that? I had, I'd, well, I've always tried to go back and forth, but I did three shows in the theater that I loved so much with great people, but back to back to back. And uh, eight shows a week of the same material when you do it for basically about two years straight, even when it's stuff that you love, you do then feel like, or at least I felt, I'd like to do something where I do different things every day. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> and, mentality. Uh, you know, it, this has been this has been a great uh, opportunity to do that and to learn more about that. How is it coming I, on I to? Did you find a difference in the set or a difference with the writers that they had to have such a huge um, jump in time for the overall series? Did that come up in conversations, or did you notice? that there were storylines that they were having to compact or shorten? Because as an audience, we're watching it, and now everything's moving so quickly because it did become the final season. Was that something that was talked about on set? It wasn't talked about on set, but I think I think they, everyone knew mm-hmm. that, that they threw themselves, they posed themselves some really big challenges this season. Mm-hmm. Uh going back in time for the first time, jumping ahead so many years, having to wrap everything up, uh, and doing, you know, the different time periods. I mean, there were days that we were shooting different, two different episodes the same day with two different time periods, and that's a lot to juggle. But uh, I think, and uh, Tim Van Patten was talking about this uh, one time where he was just saying, you know, we, and, and Terry Winter was talking about it too, they felt like because we're going to end this, let's sort of take the biggest swing we can. We're going to try and really wrap it up the right way by sort of not doing any of the safe choices, but trying to comprehensively tell this as well as we can. And then the choice to do it in eight episodes is another thing. It's like, 
Yeah, by the way, John, like we challenge level, but you know, I think they're up for it. We, I, I we, can't wait. To we ran so we ran so much about it because we're just blown away that we have to wrap this up in eight weeks. But I I want to ask you about working with um, Terrence and Tim. You know, for mm-hmm. us watching Tim's work, seeing his work in the past with the Sopranos, um, and seeing what he does here, I'd like to ask you. What it's like to, as an experienced actor, what it's like to work with him as a director and the difference. And then we'll, we'll, we should talk about Terrence Winter. But, but I'm, I always know when I see uh, Tim's name uh, credited on an episode, I'm always like, okay, we're good. We're going to see something very special. But can you speak to working with him? Well, Tim directed two of the episodes this season. He directed the first and the last. And uh, and tonight's director, Alan Coulter, I also think is an extraordinary director. He he directed this episode two and and seven as well. But all of the directors are wonderful. I mean, obviously they you, you don't get to do that exactly. You right. have we, to we, be seen a bad, we haven't seen a bad episode. <laughs> we're we're blown away continually every week. It's just I, the reason I, I just know with Tim because he he took over after you know Scorsese did the first one and. We've just we just know his work from the past, so that's why that's why I asked him. Like, there's got to be something really special about this guy. It, well, absolutely. His attention to detail, I mean, is is extraordinary. And the he took longer to shoot episode one and episode eight than I think. And I, I wasn't around obviously for all of it since I'm only in the past storyline. But uh, I think more time was spent on on those episodes. There were more uh, different kinds of shots, and there were there was a willingness to like we're just going to keep doing this mm-hmm. until we get it right. Uh, that doesn't always happen on a TV set, and and I feel like that actually happened throughout this season. Uh, but other sets that I've worked on have had a more like, well, we just have to move on. Because yeah, we got to get it gotta done. Make our day. Get it in the can. Got to make our day. Right. Right. Right, and that's a you know that's not an unreasonable thing. There's no. obviously reason for that, but but on this show, and I think Tim is one of the main sort of exemplars of that. Is like we're going to do it, and we're going to do it right, and we're going to feel good about what we've got, and and I think it really shows, and has always shown in in the quality of the show that they put out. Hundred percent. And then let's talk about Terrence Winter. He he's somebody mm-hmm. to me that's. Uh... You know, we know Matthew Weiner for Mad Men, amazing. And right. we know Sons of Anarchy has Kurt Sutter. And we know um, Breaking Bad has, I'm having a uh, brain freeze right now, guys, help me. For, Vince Gilligan. Uh, Vince Vince, Gilligan. Thank you. And, you know, and I feel like uh, Terrence Winter is right there with them and arguably could even be better than some of them, you know. And um, because the show doesn't have the... Uh, uh, popularity it has a certainly has a critical acclaim. I feel like he's mm-hmm. he's not mentioned with them. Maybe he doesn't get so much into the PR like those other guys do. But I want to hear more what it's like to work with him. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of one-on-one or time with him. Uh, he was he he reached out to me a couple of times and was very generous and said and said nice things. But he wasn't usually on set. Uh, but he reached out to you. That's amazing. T- tell me what that was, yeah. how that went down. I mean, I, honestly, it's one of those, like, we had the premiere 
uh, night of the a showing of the first episode and the red carpet and all that stuff, which was really cool. I have to say, I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. we all say like, oh, I don't get into it for the red carpet and all that, but that's it's a lot of fun. And, and no, and bless you for admitting that. You know, being human. <laughs> no, because I know that. Th- by the way, I res- I always uh, the when I can work with actors, I love working with theater actors because because you're doing those eight shows a week, you are you do the repetition, you nail a character like nobody's business, there's just such a discipline involved, and you don't get the big the big takeaway that a TV or film star usually gets. And so it there's just a humility, there's a work ethic involved with a, a theater actor, and I think that's why we see so many of them on this show and, and knocking out of the park every week. But, you know, that being said, um, to work with, Terrence Winter and for him to reach back to you, it just it I don't know it just says so much about this show. Yeah. Well, and about about yeah the whole organization and right. and that's I think one of the things that you learn as you exist in this business is good companies are built because the people at the top are you know yeah. like if they're great people at the top then everybody below them steps up and mm-hmm. and is on their best behavior and 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 I feel like this is one of those companies where you feel appreciated and lucky to be there and and like we're all you know doing the good work and and so i yeah i really value all of that it's a nice it was a really great place to work i'm sorry that it's over we're all sorry that it's coming to an end (laughs) trust me like all the fans here we have such a love for this show and for everyone they bring on including yourself because it does there's so much time and every scene as you point out Every moment is given the ability to be made right and well, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's attention to detail just over and over again from the casting to the scripts to every set, which is why we love it. Um, we're actually – we break down the full show. We're about to get into that. You are more than welcome to stay on with us. We'd love to hear your opinion. Um, if you've watched this week's episode, we just break it down, um, talk about everyone's storyline. You are We'd love to have you stay on the line if you have time. Um, if not, I have a cu- I have like two more questions, and we can let you go. Uh, I, I think I could stay on. How long? How long are you? Uh, we talk for around? we we talk for a while. We'll probably talk. But you know what? Feel free to hang up whenever you. Yeah. Uh, we'll like, we'll carry you from there. But okay. it, it would be yeah. fun to have I'll, you I'll chime stick in. Around, and then maybe at some point you'll be like, "Hey, what happened to John?" And I will <laughs> be like, "John." And we roll. That's what we do. We roll. Yeah, we just we just chat about it. We talk about everything we saw this week um and before we get into that i do want to ask you because you're yeah. a fan of this show which storylines were you most excited for this season or do you have any favorite characters or moments from the previous um seasons that you've watched i mean truthfully i mean of course i'm excited for my own stuff because mm-hmm. i want to see you know how did it turn out i you know but i'm i'm in a way i'm least excited about it because that's the only part that I know. <laughs> I only got my scene. So as a fan, I'm like, I need to, what happened with Chalky? What's going to happen with, you know, with, Everyone. you know, like Kelly McDonald? What's, you know, like all of these stories are, are so, I want to know because especially knowing that it has to wrap up this year and Eli and Nucky and everybody. I mean, I was glad we got to see Eli tonight because mm-hmm. I've been like wondering, now, what's going to happen with him and and Van Alden? Exactly. I think this so. week more like this week in particular, we got a lot of names, a lot of new scenarios. Mm-hmm. 
just kind of thrown at us. I was like, this is in preparation for all of this season. We got so many intros, so many things to kind of, I feel like it was like, heads up, people. All this stuff is coming your way. So get ready. Like Like, last week was, was, okay, guys, we're going to, we're cutting seven years Mm -hmm. into the future. Uh, You know, we're Mm -hmm. cutting seven years ahead. And we're going to have some cutbacks back to Mm the 1890s. Great. This week was about, and now you're dealing with, okay, so we've established that, but now we're dealing with all these other characters that we're going to see mm-hmm. for the next Fast New Seatbelts, six episodes, we're going to, next six episodes, yeah. this is what we can deal with. Episode yeah. one was very much like what we love about this show. Let's do some beautiful shots. Let's show us these are some of our favorite characters in different scenarios. And really, it felt artistic. It felt true. It was at a very nice pace. And then this week it was like, but we have to prepare you because we've got a lot coming. And almost like it yeah. felt like to me, it was like, these are the names that I now need to research because you're going to have to have <laughs> your history need to be caught up a little bit. I mean, I want to yeah. start talking a little bit. Of, I want to start with Chicago. I think we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about it by locations. Okay. Um, okay. Just because, you know, we can kind of group people together. Geographically, so Chicago, we fu- we get we get Al Capone, who we mm-hmm. didn't get much of last week at all, except for in the beginning and the end where we just got those you know our catch up flashbacks, mm-hmm. and Al Capone making quite the entrance. And, and he's the pre- just the yeah. full celebrity and now. The pre- and the press is mentioning mm-hmm. um, Little Caesar, Public Enemy, and and I know I John I I am almost sure you're familiar with those movies, correct? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Sorry, you're a little young. Public Enemy, yeah. All right, well, that's good. Commendable. I'll take that. Commendable. TCM usually plays them uh, in February during uh, Oscar movie month, just throwing it out to our fans. I took my gangster <laughs> movie class at USC. But there you go. So you get it. But I, I love the fact that he is drinking in his celebrity. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's laughing it off. Um Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And that character, the Capone in, in Boardwalk, he, he's always been so great. But, like, it is. It's fascinating to see him sort of towards the end, where it's really clearly going to, you know, like he's he's living it in a very mm-hmm. full way. And then also, in the same episode, introducing Elliot Ness. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's, oh. that's great. Now, yeah. you know... Throw, Tim True Frost, Mr. Prez. <laughs> throwing it out to uh, both you guys. Um about Elliot Ness. Now, we, uh-huh. are, we have all been reared to know in folklore that Elliot Ness is the one who brings out Capone. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. however, many historians believe that he it really didn't go down that way. That years after Capone was busted, uh, Hollywood producers wanted to create the Untouchables, mm-hmm. and they knew a little bit about Elliot Ness, and they you know they decide to make him the name and build it up. Built up exactly. Which what I so, I sure, mean, John. Do you, I mean have you heard that as well? Yes, absolutely, and I don't. I don't honestly don't know what the truth of that is. I don't but, either. I'm a historian. I, should, I mean, yeah. none of us know. So now it comes down to what we think they're going to make the truth just, of it as. I'm right because the show seems like it's been so accurate. I was mm-hmm. blown away that they went there. That they're mm-hmm. like, boom! Here's Elliot Ness. So I'm just saying, like, I, it was interesting that they took that stand. And because they're so accurate, I'm thinking they're going to try and find somewhere in the middle ground. Of what yeah. his, to show that he's exactly. not—he wasn't the one who who put mm-hmm. the uh, nail in the coffin. Exactly. I think they're going to try think, and kind of make sense of what folklore says, what history, like 
they're going to try and weave a story that's true. I mean, I've always or, trusted no. these guys. Like, I'm <laughs> so in for the ride, John. As you know, I'm like, I drink all the Kool-Aid. Like, these guys, it, they've done such a great job mm-hmm. weaving this all together. But I was taken back when I saw that. Um, but one of the one of the great things this show I think has always done is use the mythology that exists about these gangsters in this world and and play into it, but also undercut it. Yes, exactly. like I feel like there's a there's a chance that they'll build into the whole, and I don't know what they're going to do, but build into the whole Capone versus Elliot Ness story, but then also find a way to show, you know, that it, that it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But. You're allowed to say no, that. You are. You are. <laughs> New media, baby. We're talking about boardwalk. We we can go that way. No worries. Yeah. But we do. We talk about. We see Capone, and then on top of this, with LNS, let's talk about all the other storylines that are now tied in Chica- to Chicago. Bringing mm. back Eli, yes. who we haven't seen, who's right. now a, a drunken Eli, right? A fallen apart yeah. Eli, right. an Eli who I really don't know where he's grounded at all. He's been mm-hmm. connected to Van Alden, I guess, for all this time. And he still has some sort of power, but no one acknowledges him anymore. But you, right. know, what it, you know what it seems he's like to me, if, guy, if I may theorize? Go right ahead. This was a guy who was super close to his kids mm-hmm. and his wife, and he's six years removed, and this is how he's dealt with it. He's not, mm-hmm. But he's... Meanwhile, his son is like trying to take over the world. Oh, my God. Way. That's right. Yeah. A whole but, other but layer. But do agree? It doesn't seem, don't you think, doesn't, isn't that plausible that he's away from his family? And we know he, family was everything to him. Mm-hmm. Everything. And right. now it's he's been asked, like, six years ago to Chicago, do business out there. And, yeah, you, it, this isn't the information age they're in. Not the information mm-hmm. we're, age we're in today where, you know, it's no big deal right. to be a few hours away in Chicago. No, back then it's like he's been six years away he's from his banished. family. Yeah. He's been banished from his family. He's been so you can see where he would sedate himself and 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 yeah. just turn he's into not, alcohol. He's not able to Skype with his kid. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. This is true, but his whole life is falling apart, even though he's still tied in to bootlegging. Well, right. no, but it's falling apart, Sarah, because he's not his family well, is the most important thing to Eli, and he, it's been removed. He's a family man. Do you think he can get it back? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say, but just know that six years in the life of a child is an eternity. So, so, so yeah. a, a an eight year old now is fourteen, or a ten year old mm-hmm. is sixteen, and you know, so on. So, I mean, Willie is a whole other subject. We're going to have to get adult, into Willie, but we know he had all a- those kids. Mm-hmm. Beside Willie, Willie was the oldest, and we had the we had the mother, I mean his wife. Right. You know, so he's been away. So you can see where I think that what that's most important to him, where that would just get to him. Well, we had if, like calling back to last season, where we're talking about the whole plot line of there was kind of the father battle between Eli and Nucky over Willie, mm-hmm. right. and that played out with now Eli being gone. Can we assume based off of? Nucky's conversation with Willie that he did step up into that role. He did for the past six years kind of try and father Willie. I think nobody won that war. You think that? No, nobody won that war, which would depress Eli. Willie's clearly gone off on his his own, but he's also gone so rogue that we we know, and I don't know if this screws up your topic board, but we see where he's... <laughs> Screwing up my topics. Okay, Kevin. but we see where he's 
he's not 100% loyal to What Nucky. we know about Willie is that he is somehow operating his own game. Yes. Because he's not mm-hmm. telling the complete truth to Nucky. He's not telling the complete truth to, to the authorities. Who, to the authorities. Right. He's operating in his own mindset, which he's obviously created based on the fact that he's had this fallen apart family, but been intersected with the law, with the police, with bootlegging. He has this outside perspective where he's kind of removed himself and been able to watch everything. And now he mm-hmm. gets to stand his own ground, make his own choices on how he wants Smart to live boy. in this world. But we, as the audience, I still don't know where that is. Right. I but in do. many ways, I feel like that's like Nucky. Mm-hmm. That's like a Nucky play, which is using sort of like, I'm a gangster, but also I take care of people. You know, like mm-hmm. it's hard to define who I am. Like, it seems like he may have learned that and way of operating with the world. True. And because opportunistic Nucky. where he's not yeah. he's not fully aligning himself with one side or the other. He's mm-hmm. Well, we did get the line, I believe it was last week, where it was like you have to have a way out. Mm-hmm. And he is in the position, he is in a powerful position, Willie is, where he does have different ways out because he still has yeah. allegiances with other people. Versus when you lose that allegiance, like we look at other characters uh, bringing it back to um, Chicago, or no, that would be New York. I was going to bring up to, uh, Tonino, who like lost mm-hmm. his allegiance and was searching for that, searching for some sort of way out, and that just ends up with his downfall. Like, because right. how I look at it is Willie, Willie was the factor who played that right. He's playing people on both sides and keeping all of the information to himself. Versus if you have a character like Tonino, who's trying to play multiple sides, giving information to anyone and is not <laughs> containing anything for himself, yeah. you're going to end up yeah, it's not dead. Gonna, not going to work out well. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and we can dive into, do you want to dive more into Lansky, Meyer, Ugh. Tonino? Can of worms, I know. open it up, open it up. We have to, because this episode was a can of worms. Yes. That's mm-hmm. literally names everywhere. And a I, lot of reveals. I felt like this episode really could have been one that was divided a little bit into two. Because we were getting questions set up in the beginning, whether that was Lansky and Meyer being in Allegiance, and we were getting the resolve of that by the end. So we mm-hmm. got a lot of questions opened at the beginning of this episode, and then answered by the end. Right, so I'm a huge Nucky fan, so I get very nervous when I deal with Meyer and, um, and Lucky, <laughs> uh-huh. because historically, okay, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Drop it, drop it for me, You're Steven, about to please. get a spoiler alert notification. <laughs> get ready for your it? ears. Spoiler alert! Okay. <laughs> spoiler alert! Okay. So, I, you know, we know that, uh, you know, Lucky and Meyer are going to live, and they're going to do a lot of... They have another whole other journey ahead of them into the 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. and even 60s, and God, almost into the early 70s. So I get nervous when I see them go against Nucky, because I go, oh, my God, like... Nucky's my, I'm a Nucky fan. I'm trained to the like, key to me. He's the protagonist. I'm, I'm on the, the journey. Protagonist. With, I'm on the journey with mm-hmm. him. And when I see those guys powering up, I'm like, against him, I, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was just, although the show has been so, so um, accurate, I guess, with historic, um, I just believe they're not going to abandon Nucky and like feed him to Meyer and Luciana. I think that. He's not in d- as much I agree. I, I think he'll come out okay. I'm just saying I get nervous when I see those guys. Take a deep breath. All right. I'm good. 
<laughs> view them still as their little rugrat selves who are Mupp- still making so mistakes. We, yeah, we joke. Rugrats, Muppet babies, that's what we call them. This is but what they're we growing call, up. They're growing up. They are growing up, but they're still uh-huh. making mistakes. They're still getting caught. Um, mm-hmm. Nucky has figured them out because he is still on top. Yeah, thank God. Or yeah. It's funny how Nucky operates on top even though they're portraying him as not on the top of his game. He knows everything that's going on. He still has his connections, but he's obviously not doing too well because he's having he's like getting shut down by the Kennedy board group. By the way, right. Joe, and by the way, so John and oh. Sarah, Joe Kennedy, come on, that's awesome. I told you names that is awesome. on names, right? On right names. to see Joe Kennedy, the master bootlegger. Um, who got his kids into the White mm-hmm. House? Pretty mm-hmm. effing cool. And I think he's coming back this yeah. season. Oh yeah! yeah oh yeah! Yeah, <laughs> great figure. Do you like mm-hmm. that scenario then? This whole what was it? The corporation, the new. I believe they're making cereal. That that threw me a little bit for threw a loop. you off. Yes. Yeah, so are we going to bring in the Kellogg's Corporation? That's all I could think of. Was CW I don't Post? think it was Kellogg's. I, it was the Mayflower Grain Corp. Mayflower Grain Corp, which I am a little rusty on. We're going to have to get more information about it because I don't know about the Mayflower So, John, Grain so, you know, we obviously we go up 10 minutes after we see the show. So we have, thank God, we, we're blessed to have amazing super fans, Michael August and, and, and several other fans who will write in and, and figure this stuff out for us. We have a team of researchers, basically, mm-hmm. who get a little more time than we do and then send us all the details of all the hidden gems that this show has. I was going to say, thank goodness. I, I, yeah. I was so intimidated by everything that you guys were able to, you're like gleaning all of the history and everything from the episode. I was so impressed. We try. Like, we love it. So we do try and know as much as we, about as we can. But we can't predict every song, yeah. every pamphlet, every hidden gem that this show has. So we do have yeah. wonderful fans who help us out. And we talk to us about it and bring hopefully as much of this show to life as we can. I mean, it, I'm just so excited about Joe Kenny. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's a great storyline. Right? It is a great storyline. It, it's so well executed. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, I think, it, and it's also just interesting for me to have this kind of opposite scenario where Nucky is walking this line where half of his life is still so tied in to the gangsters, to the mob, and then half of his life is trying to proceed forward, is trying to make a life if they do... If Prohibition falls. Yes, if Prohibition mm-hmm. falls. Mm-hmm. And he's walking that line right in the middle, which is where this whole season is taking place, right in the middle of this. And you're trying to see if he is going to survive, if he is going to be able to balance these two or find a way out. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, it's interesting. It didn't throw me as much for a loop because it is what's giving Nucky trouble and, in a way, hope. Because if we just saw him only in the gangster realm, it's just about him right now being people trying to kill him. That's all we're getting. Right. There. He doesn't have any more goals on that end of his life. He doesn't have any more goals to, like, reopen up something that's illegal. He wants the legal way now. Right. So right. you need to have both. And so I, mm-hmm. wasn't sub- I wasn't thrown for it. I'm liking it. I'm also liking that it's giving him a hard time because we haven't seen him have to deal with as many of these people who don't want to be corrupt as before, and like mm-hmm. that, that's going to bring Willie back. He's kind of in that world as well, 
And so I feel like Eli's been replaced with Willie completely. Right. For who's going to benefit. Yeah. And, but Willie is more of a white collar mm-hmm. uh, Eli. You know, Eli's been the blue collar, kind of mm-hmm. like the. That's what I'm saying. Eli's been replaced. Yeah. He's been replaced. Where Nucky could have used to sometimes go to his brother to, like, get things done or, you know, kind of be the guy who passes things but off to. I was honest with Nucky, like, Willie, hold him back a little bit. Eli didn't was not Nucky back with the, the whole day. time. Back in the day, back in the day. Yeah, back in the originally, day. But originally. Then, true. O- originally. originally. Originally, they were very good brothers, but then he completely he did. lied to him for he a did. really long time. Right. Yeah. So we don't want to confuse that. But I think that, may, so you think that Willie's just going to overstep Nucky then? No, I think Willie's playing. I think he's playing a really smart game. I think if if the Nucky way leads him to success, great. If the attorney general or the government leaves him to success, great. I don't. I don't feel like there's a motion involved where it's like mm-hmm. Uncle Nucky. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you mm-hmm. for all these bad things you've done in the past. I, mm-hmm. I think he's just being smart. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. I want to talk a little bit more about Nucky because he was. Let's talk about. The payoff between Tonino and Nucky, and I'm going to title him as Senor, and a little bit of the remembrance of Billy Kent, mm. and how this played out towards tonight of the end of tonight's episode, um, where we get Tonino obviously offering up his services to Nucky. He's this little, not little. He's a large lost lamb who has backed himself into a corner because he's changed allegiances so many times. Right. And Nucky, what I took it as, Nucky went with his heart, not with his business prowess. Went with his heart because there was some tie-in to Billy Kent's murder or killing. I guess she wasn't murdered. It was an explosion. And that was the main reason why he stabbed this guy in the back with and sent him off with a Havana note. How did you feel about that? Well, I think... It's clear that's why he did it. Mm-hmm. The um, mm-hmm. filmmaker showed so many flashbacks that it was okay. This is clear. this is what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. It's not a business decision. It's this guy hurt the one person I loved, and uh, and he had to pay the price. And he paid the price. And I mean, at least Nucky did get some information out of him. Got he what he needed. Yeah. yeah, he got needed. Now he holds this. He holds the key. He can totally ex- um, expose Meyer. And lucky for what they are to Maranzano, um, if he wants, but he doesn't have an he doesn't have an allegiance but with Maranzano. I, I get fearful because I again spoiler alert. I know where those guys end up, so it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Maranzano ends up. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. So, and you don't either. So we can make some. No. No one knows about that yet. And right now, <laughs> exactly. Nucky's the holder of the information. And who are well, his can we talk, allies? Can we, okay, really quick, and I guess this is probably Mike August or some of our other fans. Are but you going to ask me trivia that I don't know off the no, top of my head? No, you won't, but you know what? I, I bet you John will. Oh, John, now you're being put on the spot. No, okay, so Good luck. It, no, but interesting uh, in comparison to Marcus Aurelius from yeah. Old Rome. Which we also got last week. And the counter of, like, no, more like Ben Franklin. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was cool because... Not only did it tie into last week, where it was, I believe, Maranzano who brought up Marcus Aurelius. So we got a tie in there. But, yeah, bringing in two more historical figures, I liked it. I, I, I mean, I haven't had enough t- 
time to break down Marcus right. Aurelius versus Ben Franklin, but mm-hmm. Ben Franklin is a pretty kick-ass character. I mean, this is a guy that was a, a Renaissance man mm-hmm. who wasn't a leader, but he kind of sat back and he had tons of power. Yes. But he mm-hmm. sat back exactly. and he had everyone else, you know, be in the lead role. He's an idea man. But and he was, he was also, able to but enforce he was all, those I ideas. I mean, and he was toasted in, in other Turkey. continents. And it's just interesting that where Marcus Aurelius was, mm-hmm. you know, a leader of a, of a, of a, um, an empire. And Ben Franklin, not so much. But we know electricity and so many other things. John, He's are you, how, did you, do, how do you read into that reference? The Ben Franklin, the Marcus Aurelius. Do you have any insight for us? I, I really don't. I mean, I feel like they've always done a great mm-hmm. job of sort of leading storytelling points mm-hmm. with references like that. And so exactly. I feel like it's an indicator of where we're headed in terms of the roles that those guys Get play. To play. But, and uh, I believe it was, I think the line, in my memory at least, hinted at Nucky really idolizing Ben Franklin. Right, that that's was, what I mean. Yeah. So, right. so Marcus Aurelius was, is, a, was a big emperor and also blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, big leader. It, okay, fans, don't attack me. I don't have it all <laughs> down about Marcus Aurelius, but I know Ben Franklin. And mm-hmm. you know, right. Ben Franklin was, was a part of the revolution, and he was a Renaissance man, and all, but he was not the leader. No. He kind of sat right. back. He let, he and, let, he was, and he was an opportunist. Yes. And a pleasure seeker. Yes. There we go. Yes, he was. Yeah. So Which is, I thought that was really cool. I'm more like Ben Franklin. Boom. <laughs> you know? It was a good throw. If you do the same thing you do today mm-hmm. that you've done yesterday, you will get the same result. It was something like that that Ben Franklin said. That's how cool he was. If you do something mm-hmm. different, you'll get different results. I mean, um, anyway, I'm a big Ben Franklin fan. So I, I like so that. you like the reference because you're a big Nucky fan. Loved. Loved. So everything was good in your vote. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. So we've talked a lot about Chicago. We've talked about um, everyone from Lansky, Meyer. I, do, do we want to dive more into Van Nielsen Mueller or do we want to go on to Jillian? You have to talk about a little, just briefly about Eli and their money drops. You, you just know Van... Van Alden. Van Alden is he's 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 getting ready to go. Yeah, I mean, getting ready to go yes. like to just kick some. Ass. I mean, you've got Eli and Van Alden in this partnership. To me, is very interesting because they're both being positioned as they're not at the top of their game. Eli, drunk, torn apart in a family. Van Alden seems to despise his wife instead of love her. And mm-hmm. seems kind of fed up on a few well, things. Well, no, that's a great char- character arc with the wife who went from this... Lovey-dovey. Lovey-dovey and, and was, then, a, was great gangster in the background, mm-hmm. making the moves for him, supportive mm-hmm. wife, uh, being mm-hmm. his number one, to now she's smoking cigarettes. And he's like, that's not Lady Like, you see she's over it. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. And eventually. And he's about to explode. He's got, you just feel that. Exactly. <laughs> My boy, yeah. You see yeah. it in every scene. I also, I was just getting scared in the elevator scene alone. Right. Where like every floor, <laughs> there was that weird sound effect where I was like, he's going to shoot uh-huh. everyone. You want to be alone with he's him. going yeah. to shoot everyone in two seconds. Right. And I feel like yeah. it's just building up in the next We know we have episodes. two children now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you... we had two children. Now they're gr- grown a bit. 
Mm-hmm. But that's just it's just tension. Will she, will His storyline's just straight tension. On, will he snap yeah. on her eventually? You think? Sarah? I think that. I think that she has tension of her own, and she's like a pressure point for well, him. She, but she's also been in control. Yeah, I don't think Husbands. he's going to turn on her. I don't think he's going to turn on her. Okay. I think that today when we heard that um, sometimes it's easier to despise than to love. I think he's going to learn to love, and it's going to work out better. Something along <laughs> those lines. I also really like her. John, so you know, so Sarah's like, highly I, educated from USC, so I always yield. I yield. I also <laughs> make predictions like that you. are no way yeah, correct. Yeah, but I yield. I but yield. I try. <laughs> I yield. I just, like, imagine where I want the thing, where I want the season to uh-huh. go, and I put it out there so that it will give the energy to go my way. That's how my predictions yeah, right. function. But I do want exactly right. You put it out into the universe. But we do need to talk a little bit about the fact that they stole money from another one of Al Capone's, and it just gets put in this pile without even a nod. Nothing, yeah, Mm -hmm. because Al's so on top of the world that he doesn't. He's like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't care. It's only a problem if it's not there. Right. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter. How great you do. It's not about the good. It's just if it's not there, then you're killed. That's my impression. But I don't think that's the end of that storyline either because you can't just leave it like that. You can't leave it with people murdered in the street and never acknowledge it again. And we did have a guy get away. Right. So those mm-hmm. are things to note. We need, I think from that, we were supposed to get Al Capone has enough money to not notice 20000 uh, what was it, $20,000? It's mm-hmm. math. It's chump change now. It used to be the most important thing, and now chump change is more important about the two-inch cuffs or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to get the tensions building. Now can we go on to one of my favorite characters, Jillian? Yes. <laughs> you and a lot of other females. Jillian is crazy. And I still can't figure out if she's broken through the crazy. Did you hear beep, too? I feel... No. I think that um, old ears don't hear those things. Um, I th- <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think she has absolutely broken through the crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's you know she settled down and she's got it all under control. I think all the other people there are crazy, and she's letting the girls do their thing. But no, I think she's razor focused, and I think she played the. Uh, poor old me, I'm just a poor female victim card. Played that card hard enough in court that enabled her to be uh, criminally insane or mental illness, and therefore we can't really convict her. And so she's with all these other people, and then once you give her that much space, she's able to get back to work so it's like she's working the see i completely disagree really i will agree i will agree i will totally i will totally agree that jillian knows how to work it that's what she's given us season after season and and now we get to see her work it in kind of a female scenario which is great but that very end where she's holding where she's holding the papers and she's talking the pen and we get a little bit of a rambly monologue with a crazy look in her eye yeah, I can't quote you word for word. Right. But the woman basically says, don't write any crazy letters to the president. And she goes, I just need to get my thoughts down or something. But I think she's talking rhetorically. I think, I don't know. I think. I think that that's telling us that there is going to be some sort of crazy letter. It's not going to the president, 
but you're not bringing okay. you're not bringing Jillian into the picture to have Jillian release her thoughts. You're having no, Jillian in the picture to, to get something moving. But you don't think she knows that to get something moving? You think she wants to spend the next 60 years in a mental asylum? I think she's probably fixated on something. I don't want know what it is. I don't know what her agenda is, but Jillian always has a focus. Whether okay. it's like she needs money, but it's whether a it's crazy or not focus, she needs or it's Jimmy, a f- or whether right. it's, it's, it's a crazy focus. So it's not a focus on get me out of here. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's a focus on, but Jillian will always have a right. bit of crazy to so, her. Okay, true. So could it be um, a little bit of both of what we're talking about? Is it are we, are we meeting halfway I, here? Do you want to compromise today? I think no. Maybe we're. we're I'm going to no. say what does John say, and then we're no, no, you can't <laughs> ask him because it's he gets into spoiler places. You can't ask him uh, that. That's not fair. Darn it! So I wish we could, but we can't. I'm being respectful, but I think that this isn't just a crazy lady. You saw all the other crazies there. She knew what to do. She knew to make a deal with the uh, the mother hen lady, mm-hmm. and she's aware. Now, is her plan as good as a nucky plan or this, where she's taking, she's, I don't try to take over the world. She knows no. how to facilitate her plans, but her plans are crazy. That's what I'm but trying to say. she's always been crazy. I know. But I, she's always been an opportunist. Yes. But not necessarily who's willing to be crazy. One. Yeah, she's like right. a maniacal opportunist. Absolutely. No one's denying mm-hmm. that, but an opportunity uh, an opportunist who's willing to go cray cray mm-hmm. to get what she wants. <laughs> True. And mm-hmm. maybe what she wants is totally insane, but I just looked at that room of other women and she was the sharpest tack in the drawer. Okay. She might be the sharpest tack she's the smartest. I'll give her that. And she I was more sane her... than those other women. Those other women were more, just insane way more in a different way. They're insane in a different way. She's still just as insane. Right, let's it, move it's on. like this is what I'm going to say. It's like John can't get like... involved. We're annoying him. I'm sorry. John. He's already he's bored. <laughs> wherever he is. We don't want to bore him. <laughs> Next thing. Well, I love I... her. By the way, she's great. <laughs> we all love Jillian. She's I'm, fantastic. See. She's right. she's someone that I'm excited they brought back. We are going to go into a little bit of prediction section. Wait, wait, John, wait, wait. I can't. Do we get we got it? We covered everything. We covered. I mean, there's a lot to cover. What else? New York? Are we good? We talked about New York. I'm sure the fans will let us know what we've missed because we just we ran through this episode, and so they're going to have. No, to... we're good. You're right. We're good. And there was there was so much. Yeah, exactly. I mean. But they communicate with us. So, guys, if you're listening, you know, comment. Tell and us And HBO, F you for only giving us six more seasons. I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm sorry. And I, we got a lot Don't of... Don't say that. No, HBO. I, I, I love HBO. No, they're great to us <laughs> at AfterBuzz. But uh, we, a lot of people wrote us from uh, on YouTube and on iTunes saying, why can't we go to Netflix? And you know what? I agree. Why, by the way, just, just throwing it out there, Netflix are, is already kicking ass. Okay, yes. they've got oranges and the black. They've, they're winning tons of awards and Emmys and whatever. But for a Hulu, an Amazon, a Crackle, all these other platforms, you know, here's what I'm saying: go for it, grab this thing, take this show. You know, write a write a check, take it, and you know what? You'll be right in the game. You'll I mean, be as right a fan, I totally the agree with you. Just saying, as a fan, I totally agree with you because we want to see more. Right, obviously, just saying. You'll but be in the big. I have no power write the check, in, this, in this world. Write the check. Take all the money. Write the check <laughs> on this, and you're boom. You're in the game. You're right there with the bigs. Perfect. Honestly, if you were a business person, could, just asking Sarah and okay. John. Sarah and John. John, get ready. Both of you are artists. Both of you are trained in your craft. But I'm going to just just ask you, if you were 
one of the okay HBO creme de la creme, mm-hmm. Showtime mm-hmm. fine, and obviously the networks. But if you were a smaller platform, and not Netflix, Net, mm-hmm. Nef, Netflix has made its mark. But remember Ted Sarandos at Netflix, yep. he threw his long bomb with uh, Orange Is the New Black. Yep. And with the other shows he's done, that, what am I missing? There was there's one other there's like huge like, one. I mean, uh, a, a, a house oh, of right. house of lies. lies, right? Okay, so you're one of these other venues. You've got a ton of hedge fund money. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, wouldn't it make business sense to write the check and get two seasons of this and and make your network? You'd be right up there with everything else if you took this show. I mean, it definitely could be a good idea, John. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely right. I mean, more of the show is always good, and it's good quality material. And like, I get, but I get HBO is not going to go out of business if they lose this. Fine, I cop to it. We've said from the beginning they're spending a lot of money on this. Maybe they're not getting the crazy numbers that Game of Thrones is getting. Fiscally, I understand, but if you are another platform, jump on it, right? Because you immediately. You're you're right, you're right there. You're you're right behind an HBO, a Showtime. Just you know, you might not take this show and take down HBO, but you know what? You're in that class. So anyway, and but there. this is by the way, it's it's our fans who are saying yeah. this. I said, you know what? Geez, you're right. Right. I mean, check. the fans are still demanding right. it, so maybe maybe someone else step up. But we have. No idea. We need to get to predictions. John, you're welcome to stay with us. And it's now, back, obviously. Oh, he's still talking to me. But, but I'm assuming you can't maybe give I could, away. Maybe I should turn out for the predictions. Yeah, I was I, like, I, I was like, I don't want right. to pressure you no, for you spoilers. John, we'll handle predictions, but please uh, feel free to call us. And you know, John, I'm just such a huge fan of the show and. And you did I, a wonderful job. From the, oh, fir- from the first time I saw you, I said, oh, my God, this guy's got it. You nailed Dabney Coleman. And so just just so you know, what, for whatever it means, you're a friend of AfterBuzz from here on in. And whatever we can do to support you, your career, your endeavors, your future movies and TV shows, we're, we're all in. You have our information. Please feel free. And maybe we'll hear from you before the season's up. And we do offer. Well, uh, yeah, I- thanks so much. No, thank you. Also, we do, our fans love to reach out to you guys. If you have a Twitter or social media you want to plug to give out to fans so they can find you, um, do you have anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'm at Conjohnley, C-O-N-J-O-H-N-L-E-E on Twitter. Perfect. So we can have, so fans can now find you. Thank you again so, so much. Um, we thank you. Loved it was a pleasure. You. And, and I'm as excited as you guys are to see where this thing goes. Right, we're pumped. All right, thank you, John. I prediction, Sarah. Good night. Bye, John. Good night. I, Sarah, take us through this really fast. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm gonna say who is Jillian contacting? I want her to contact the Cotton Club. That's Holy where I want her going. Crap. Well, we know Narcisse. We mm-hmm. keep he's been teased early mm-hmm. on, but now we're going to see him next week. So we think that's the Cotton Club. I mean, wow, I crazy. don't know, but that's the type of scenario where I want to see Jillian in. I don't know if that's actually where it's going, but she just deals so well with a little bit of the crazy and yep. hectic and yes. the women and be- like she. But just thrives in that area, especially where like sex is involved. Come on, that's her strong point. She used to work sex in a, and she, power. Yep. She used to be a performer. 
that's where I'm hoping her direction is headed. Because um, if not, I'm like, who is she? Who is she reaching out to? The only people. Who are the other people she knows that are left alive? It's hard. She knows Lucky. Remember? She does know Lucky. She knows Lucky. There we go. That's and another he, one. And he was he was impressed by her. Yeah, that's true. And you know we know Lucky and them want to take out Nucky. And Jillian could play a factor. And, that's right. And she's got a she's got a horse in that race, so to speak. That is so, true. So we're gonna and um, we're gonna see more of Joe Kennedy. Yeah, more of Joe Kennedy. Uh, more of Chalky coming back with his new Finally partner. Finally, Chalky, yeah. Um, or his... new co... I don't even know what to call him. God, I, I just hope Chalky gets either a stake in Atlantic City or, man, I, I want to see him get some mm-hmm. come up at the Cotton Club. We're going to find out. Do you um, do you know anything about Joe Kennedy? A little bit, but not as much as you do. I mean, just allegedly mm-hmm. a major bootlegger mm-hmm. that made not just millions but tens of millions maybe even hundreds of millions and, and back then which would be billions today yep. and his whole thing was making sure one of them got to the presidency one of the boys so it was Joseph who who died in world uh, died tragically in world war 2 so he didn't get the mm-hmm. the nod and then it was John who he didn't expect cuz he thought he was a little bit too much of a playboy, and let you know <laughs> that he was like the man. And then after John, he thought Robert, and then Robert was killed. And then after after Robert, um, you know, Ted had Chappaquiddick, and it was always believed that it was a, a classic example of the sins of the father. So the father had done all these things to uh, guys there's your history lesson to make to his get money prepared because that's a well, big story he, it was always that he, right the sins of the father had afflicted all of his children and cursed them that and very, i'm not saying it's true and just off but, my head very interesting parallel to nucky yes and this so and this show having a it, huge right. just always reoccurring theme of father-son instances like it's always and been there. And yep. uh, the sins of the dad revisiting the... Yep. Um, Keeps happening. So. And Kevin, do you have a place where they can find you? At Undergaro. Come say hi. You and can Sarah, find me here. Awesome job tonight. Thank you so much for stepping in. No problem. Next week, Charlie's going to be back. Yep. And soon in the near future, we're also going to have Miss Bethany. Bethany will be back as well. Thank God. Awesome. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.